Welcome to the show, and today we are joined by William Yell, owner of the Featherstone Brewery in Grahamstown in the Eastern Cape. My name is Holger Meyer, and this is Beer World. Welcome to the show, and today I'm visiting William Yell. He's the owner of Featherstone Brewery and Intrepid Brewing in Makanda or Grahamstown. Welcome to the show, w- William. Thanks, Holger, and thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about Grahamstown. Everybody knows Grahamstown for a couple of things, and there's a beautiful university, there's some wonderful schools. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about the the town that you live in. Yeah, as you say, um, that probably makes up most of what Grahamstown is. Um, definitely hinging on the university. Um, also the schools. I think there are at least five major schools in Grahamstown. Um, so we have lots of, um, you know, school kids and students coming into town. But there's a, a fairly well-established community. I think um, the residents uphold, you know, from the academic staff to, you know, general everyone that you would have in a town. And also a big farming community. I mean, we're in the heart of um, all the game reserves and game lodges and game hunting. Um, and the sea is not very far away from us, too. The town itself has um, kind of somewhat been neglected by the municipality, similar to many other smaller towns. Although we've got a very active residence um, association that's put lots of pressure on. So recently the roads have been redone. Quite a lot of the infrastructure has been restored. And there's still more to be done, but things are looking a lot better okay. than they were. <clears throat> yeah. And and the highlights of, of Grahamstown must be the festival. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, the, the Grahamstown Festival is the main event. And without the festival, I was wondering whether, you know, a lot of the resident community and the town itself would sustain itself. Yeah. But it's it's not only that. There are a couple of other key events. You know, um, the university graduation is another time where we get lots of people from out of town in. The schools also have lots of inter-school sports days, which bring people in. Um, and they do a national science festival, SciFest, once a year, um, which is another key event. And then there are many other conferences at the Settlers Monument and at the university to keep people in and out of the town, mm. which is good because, you know, you know, a lot of the sm- other smaller towns around the country don't necessarily have, you know, um, ingress and, you know, people um, other than holiday towns along the yeah. coast. What what attracted you to Grahamstown? Where and and where did where are you from? Well, before moving to Grahamstown, we lived in Johannesburg, but um, I did spend my early childhood years until okay. almost almost high school in the Southern Cape, yeah, in Plettenberg Bay. We lived on a um, small holding outside of town, and my heart was kind of here. Um, I always had an idea to get away from the big city. Zulu Natal was probably closest to where I was. I've got family there. In fact, they've all left now. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the chaos. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, my kids were at, at university here at Rhodes. Okay. And we visited, visited a few times and explored the area. And there were parts that were really nice and quiet. And also felt that there wasn't much going on in the craft beer business. In fact, mm. at the time I came and looked, even Richmond Hill was a little brewery next to a bar yeah. in Port Elizabeth. 
I think there may have been a tiny DAC season East London, but from craft beer perspective, there wasn't really. And the idea to, you know, open a brewery in this part of the world seemed like it would be, you know, have some potential. Yeah. But what what do you do for a living? Um, I'd spent almost my entire career in telecommunications. Okay. And it reached a stage where I needed to make a change personally and kind of from the business. Yeah. But I'm still, you know, after actually not being in telecommunications, I've actually started doing a couple of projects in that space again. <laughs> and it's super, and it's still super exciting. Yeah. But it's really nice in this world where we can all work remotely. I yeah. don't have to be near a building in Johannesburg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can do it. I, I can be online from the farm, which is fantastic. Yeah. And there's your, there's your boss in Joburg calling you. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> well, I don't know when you work for yourself, customers are bosses, and that's a customer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how did you get into brewing? Um, you know, I home brewed many years ago when I was a student at university, um, but that was very much with the extract kits. Yeah. So it was one tin of syrup and a kilogram of Hewlett's white sugar. <laughs> seemed to do the job. <laughs> um. And I'd spent some time traveling the world and explored various places and discovered craft, you know, well-made craft beer along the way. And it was the variety of different flavors that really got me interested. You know, having grown up in South Africa, all the lagers are pretty much the same. Um, and, of course, Castle Milk Stout. <laughs> That's all we had. Uh, then I came back to South Africa in 2010 and discovered how many craft breweries had sprung up and got super interested and went back to, you know, after traveling around the country, um, joined Warthog Brewers in Joburg and got into brewing. Okay. Fantastic bunch of people that helped me. I mean, when I attended my first meeting, there was Donnie talking about gas laws and, you know, composition of bubbles. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure <laughs> how to even do all grain brewing. I thought Donnie um, only the, spoke about clean glasses. Oh, those are his two favorite topics. <laughs> I, I came across the clean glasses one later. Yeah. Yeah, so I was a bit bewildered, but it was super um, exciting. And then the, from going from festival to festival um, that they have, unfortunately, missing the Pretoria one today. But that's probably the only really real thing that I miss from um, Johannesburg and Pretoria is the beer community. Yeah, yeah. And, and for the, the events there. And for the listeners that wonder who Donnie is, it's Donnie Ordendahl. And we did a podcast with him a, a, a few weeks ago. So go and listen to it. He's a he's a real clever guy. <laughs> yeah, at the first festival I went to, I tasted all of these different beers. And there was a, most of the brewers were brewing blondes. And, uh, which is unusual because home brewers are normally a bit adventurous. But yeah. maybe for public opinion, they, they brew blondes. And then I get to Donnie's stand. And it was the second time I tasted his beer. And I said to him, Goodness, you get great, good craft beer, you get home brewers, and then you get Donnie's brews. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it makes great beer. So when I did the, the beer book and then I did the beer map, I found a brewery in Grahamstown, and that was Featherstone Brewery. So tell us the story about the breweries and how you – there's a bit of a story to it. Yeah, there is, Holger. Um so 2019, um, I'd always been home brewing with the intention of yeah. going commercial. 
think as a lot of um, you know aspirant home brewers do. Uh, and then I. Then the beer I brewed in 2019 for the Richmond Hill Home Brewing Festival was a, a Kottbusser style of beer, which is an ancient German beer. Um, and fortunately, it won first prize in the competition, which included a, a full batch. And I spoke to Neil and said, you know, I'm going to use this as a launch pad. And we came up with a plan. I got my own label and got the brand going. And Intrepid Brewing was born. Mm -hmm. The idea of Intrepid Brewing was to have, you know, beers that aren't necessarily, you know, the standard styles that you'll get in the BJCP. Okay. Um, also, was a perfect example of that, you know, a little bit off the charts in a way. Not extreme beers because, you know, you know, average customers must like them. Yeah. And then a couple of months later, the brewer at Featherstone called me and said, um, he's going to be emigrating. Um, would I like to take over? And I thought long and hard because kind of the two – my two plans in my mind were divergently different. Um, but it did make sense to leapfrog and use the distribution and uh, an existing brand. So from beginning of 2020, we merged together as one brewery with two different brewing brands, which wasn't great timing because I hadn't even got my license through and we were in lockdown. <laughs> but, it, but it did serve well because if I didn't have the Featherstone brand at that stage, I probably would have really been in deep trouble yeah. because I could capitalize on that to do many other things like brewing wort, um, kits, okay. etc. So I'm still keeping the two brands um, separate. Um, Intrepid will probably be more of a, people call them, I don't know if they call them gypsy brands or contract brands, okay. but I definitely do it myself, but it can easily be transported to, you know, other regions of the country yeah. and exist, you know, whereas Featherstone definitely is about the venue and the location, and the local community. Okay. And then you are working on uh, on becoming a destination so that people can um, visit the brewery or visit visit you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been something, because we're on a game farm, the access is quite, quite difficult. I mean, it's, well, when I say difficult, it's... For people from cities, they get a bit bewildered when they've got to drive on bumpy, dirty ro uh, <laughs> yeah, roads and then go through farm gates and you can't see where you're going. You've got to go through the bush and then suddenly you get there. Um, yeah, so the beer garden is going to be closer to the national national road with much easier access. Um, unfortunately, it won't be co-located with the brewery, but certainly very close. Yeah. Um, and we will be you know, having tour days and open days. So the brewery itself has just a little tasting room, you know, space for about five or six people um, to taste the beers. Um, so we definitely welcome people that, even now, that, you know, open by appointment, call me up and say, you know, we've got five or six people on a Saturday, and that's great. Yeah. But it's difficult to just be open for general access. Yeah. I like the whole beer tourism thing, and I know you can't really go visit a whole lot of breweries in one day, but um, just to quick uh, Google search and I found breweries, some very interesting breweries around the Eastern Cape. But uh, from Rhodes, I found a brewery and when I discovered the brewery, it was closed. So it's a bit of a, a hobby brewery, but it's a beautiful brewery. Then from Rhodes, there's um, Hogsback uh, has got a brewery. Um, yeah. There are some in, in East London, obviously um, in PE. Do you know of any yeah. other breweries in the Eastern Cape? New Bethesda's got one. Oh, that's right. 
Titsikama, of course. Titsikama. doesn't really feel like the Eastern Cape. It feels more like the Western Cape, but it's on the literally border. on the border. Yeah. yeah. St. Francis and Jeffrey's Bay have got lovely breweries, too. Yeah. 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 I never quite know what's, what's in the Eastern Cape and what's Western Cape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a big divide. Yeah. The one topic that I like for, for craft brewers is collabs. And yeah. you, you mentioned Rich, Richmond Hill. Um, what, what is that that you do with him? Do you brew there and then because he's got a bigger brewery or, or what? Yeah, the most important thing, um, I do contract brew quite a lot uh, at Richmond Hill. Okay. Because they've got a um, canning line, which I unfortunately haven't got yet. So I've got to outsource my brewing and canning. So all my can, most of my can stock is brewed there. Although recently I've in smaller batches been able to do contract canning alone. Um, but yeah, we definitely um, do quite a lot together. Um, one of the things is that for distribution, we both um, are, are selling each other's beers, mm -hmm. which is great. <laughs> it means that when I go, um, and sell my beers, it gives a lot more range um, to offer. And Neil's very happy to have all the extra beers in his tap room for variety as well. Okay. Um, we, did a, we did an ad hoc, or should I say unofficial collab, where I brewed a 1,000 litre batch and I needed 500 litres and the other 500 litres uh, we turned into a cherry Vic beer, which has been hugely successful. In fact, we get lots of requests to do the ch cherry Vit again. Um, we were hoping to brew it for Clarence, but Neil came back to me and said, oh, no, Clarence doesn't allow fruit additions in their beers <laughs> because it's no longer a craft beer. So uh. I found that very strange. <laughs> but anyway, um, we'll probably be doing it uh, as soon as all the brewing for uh, Clarence is over. Will you be going to Clarence? Unfortunately not. Oh. Um I don't know. I couldn't go to every event, no. and I chose to go to Fools and Fans as a spectator okay. or as a beer drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think, for what I wanted to get out of it, is probably a little bit better than Clarence. Although, I know that everyone's at Clarence, so it probably would be the same. Yeah, it's a little bit smaller and more, more, which I say, social at Fools and Fans. Mm. And then the the best outlets that that support you, or where one can buy your beer. Oh, as I say, you know, as I, as I just said, um, Richmond Hill in, um, in PE, but in Grandstown itself, the two main, the ones that have been the most supportful is uh, Major Phrases, which is just opposite the university. They're a, a craft foodie and drink um, establishment. Okay. And they've been fantastic. I mean, I've literally, I think, taken over all of their taps apart from one cider tap that they've got. And he said if I was to produce a cider, I'll. <laughs> he'll put he'll put mine on as well, but that's all another story. So, um, and uh, they also part of a group, um, oyster, uh, oyster Collection. Okay. And they've got lodges and bed and breakfasts in various places. Um, and the one at Addo Fig Tree has taken some of my beers and almost <laughs> doubled the capacity of phrases. So for. A, for a couple of weeks, I was really battling to keep up until I could adjust my forecast and come online again. Yeah. Uh, and then Pick and Pay Liquors, it is a family outlet in uh, Grahamstown, so it's easier to deal with because Pick and Pay is almost impossible yeah. as a small producer to deal with them. No, it's not. Um, have been phenomenally uh, supportive. 
when I first went there with my first Intrepid, they took one case and put a few cans on the top shelf behind the till. <laughs> I had to be hopeful that someone might spot an interesting beer. <laughs> but now I've literally got um, probably 80% of the craft beer space in there in one of their fridges, which is great. And our latest beer, Wonky Donkey, has now become the top seller, which is which is great. Um, and they would be ordering about six cases a time, and now we're up to about 14 to 15 cases every delivery, which wow. shows an idea of how, how it's actually grown in that particular outlet. Wonderful. I really like that Wonky Donkey branding. How did you come up with that? Yeah, so the, the Wonky Donkey brand name um, was a – a working name when I took over Featherstone. Okay. Um, but with all the chaos of the lockdown, to actually commercialize it, the timing wasn't right. I was really just keeping it. But And I thought about it quite a lot. And Wonky Donkey being such a characteristic trait of Grabstown with all the street donkeys, I thought a label that represents the broader town would be what I would like to aim for. And had a chat to quite a few different artists and people that do sketches and I had a real idea in my head as to it needed to be black and white um, and the picture kind of started forming until the fe the last festival that we had um, the organizers organized a, an artist to paint one of the walls and he painted the donkeys on it and as I drove past I'm like that's what I that's what I had in my head like <laughs> Quite, quite explain it. So I took a couple of photographs, and then eventually got hold of the actual artist, who was out of the out of town for a couple of months. And when he got back, we sat down, um, and it took him a few iterations to get it exactly right. Um, and then that's what uh, you know formed it. I mean, it just represents everything about Grahamstown. You look at that label, and you know, town was, <laughs> you know, it lives and breathes the town. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it, it also just shows again how important branding is. I mean, if you nail the branding, it actually, as long as the beer is acceptable, <laughs> it will sell. And I'm not, I mean, I, I can't judge the beer, but I can certainly judge the label and say that is a winner. Hey? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, and I think you have to get the formula right. That's exactly what I did. Mm. It's uh, an epic package with, you know, good enough beer or, you know, yeah, it should be, it should be great beer, but you know to get a bigger market appeal, you probably need to be in a fairly average for us as beer people. Yeah, <laughs> fairly average beer. You know, yeah, like, you know, fairly light in color, not too far off a lager, nothing extreme. Um, not to say those other beers don't sell and sell quite well, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, got to get that formula right, and it and it's absolutely. Um, I noticed that with, with Wonky Donkey too, is, is just looking at the can, people buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if it's just another can on the shelf, um, yeah, you'll get the sales, but maybe not the same. Yeah. Back to Grahamstown, when is, when is the best time to visit you guys? There's a lot of activity festivals. So festivals from the mm. 23rd of June until about the 7th of July. Okay. It's, it's super busy and it's not a great time weather-wise. Okay. I would probably say springtime is is the best time, you know. Yeah. Um, September. Um, our winter carries on a little bit late, so it's still quite cool. 
yeah. the rest of the country is um, a bit September. The summer gets oppressively hot. Okay. Um, but I, I guess that's just seasonal. Yeah. Um, definitely, I think festivals are a great time, but the accommodation is difficult. Um, if you don't want to stay in town itself and uh, have a little bit of a country, then I think almost any time of the year, um, as outside of outside of holidays and events, get some quiet country relaxation. Mm. Okay. It's very very quiet from July till September. Yeah. Very very quiet. Someone switched the lights off and disappeared. I think <laughs> even the people running the festival go into hibernation. <laughs> William, and how do you get the community involved in what you do, or how do you get involved in the local community? Yeah, that's been a that's been one to really work on, um, and I, I think I probably haven't done as much. I, fo- I haven't focused enough on that. I was trying to get outlets in Cape Town and various others, mm. but for National Beer Day, um, I got hold of the tourist office, mm-hmm. and we came up with a, a kind of a plan to do National Beer Day, put together um, Ibia, which is the uh, Kumboti and um, regular beer hybrid. And to launch that, we did a, a pub crawl in town. Um, and we couldn't do – it wasn't a huge event because it would be too difficult to have, you know, 100 people <laughs> or more walking around from pub to pub for half an hour and, and knock a couple of drinks back. But we had a great mixture of people, including a couple of journalists and, um, uh, you know, representatives of, you know, different parts of the, the community. And it was hugely successful. The, f- the feedback I had was absolutely, you know, we should do this more often. Yeah. Because in a small town, people feel that there's not really a lot to do. And something like that that's completely different is great. But I think the next main thing will be to try and get, uh, you know, to get music um, as soon as we get the beer garden up and running, really involve the local community in, in events that take place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think being being present in the community is hugely important. And then no brewery can survive without suppliers. Who, who do you rely on? Yeah, I think... You know, being so far away, I can't mm. just pop in and go and buy from, you know, Beer Guevara down the road. or <laughs> <laughs> And um, it, it really depends on what I need and what makes the most sense. So okay. um, the homebrew shop in Port Elizabeth, the brew house, um, in the last, actually from the beginning of this year, quite recently, has started to supply wholesale. Okay. And that really makes life much simpler because, you know, it's close. I can phone... I can phone them today, and um, you know, later that afternoon, it's in a, in the distribution in the courier distribution centre in Gramsdale. Wow! Um, but most of it, I, I do get my bulk of um, supplies from Cape Town. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think you know when it comes to specialty hops and the hops that I use, get them directly from Cape Town. Then when I order, then I'll get a bit of a bulk order. But we, I don't know. I get a I get a sense that malt suppliers are going to be difficult in the next eighteen months after the war in Ukraine. They're all going to blame the Ukraine. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Where is the best place for people to get in touch with you? Is there a website? Yeah, the website is featherstonebrewery.co.za. Okay. That's easy. Um, and all my other brands are, are they all present there, but they show us okay. uh, 
guess there's. <laughs> That's the easiest way, and we do courier around the country. Okay, wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, but come and visit, and and anyone that's listening to this podcast um, can just phone me and say you're coming down. And although we not our lodge isn't open, we always make a plan to accommodate beer lovers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. Hey, it's a, it's a wonderful Absolutely. community that we are privileged to be a part of. Hey? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's always great to chat about beer and share share the love of it. Yeah. And there you go. Now you can visit the Eastern Cape and do a bit of a beer route or an ale trail there. Thanks, William. Yeah. Thanks, Holger. Chat soon. And I look forward to visiting okay. you. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.